0: Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P. The Square Ball Podcast.
1: Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash The Square Ball. Uh, Dan, Michael, and Rob's in today for Moscow White, who is at home nursing his cold and his cough. So thank you for stepping
2: in at the last minute, Rob. My pleasure. I think Eamon's struggling as well, but he doesn't uh, He doesn't like to talk about it.
1: TSB Plus is our membership package where you get loads of bonus content every week, as well as discounts on merchandise, daily email. Uh, on this week's Extra Ball, which is our members-only podcast, we've done a and a you, me, and Moscow, in which you can hear his slightly croaky voice. A little sample of that for you now. He missed a full season basically with his shin splints injury and then when he came back Danny Mills was there and it was a bit of a con- contest as to which
3: <laughs> but he said it was a bit of a <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> um, a Freudian slip there yeah if you
1: want to sign up for TSB plus have a look at the squareball.net forward slash plus we appreciate your support into the show then and while this show is coming out on Wednesday we are recording it on the 5th of April on Tuesday which is the 22nd anniversary of the passing of Chris and Kev who died in Istanbul first thing to say is I can't believe it's 22 years I mentioned this to my dad I went is it 22 years it's just it's gone by so quickly hasn't it I thought it was lovely the the fan led tribute in Elm Road turning the backs and applauding on, on 22 minutes it was uh, I, thought, I found it quite moving particularly because it was organic you know it wasn't a I know people have spoken about it on socials but it was um it was proper lump in the throat stuff i think when uh when it just sort of spontaneously spread around the ground and people caught on to what was going on and I remember saying to people i'm oh, like it's because it's of chris and kev 22 years
3: mm. i thought it was i thought it was really nicely done and it's one of those i remember was it was i think it was yeovil that was the 10th anniversary I was down there for that and it's one of those things that every time it's it's just a i don't know it's one of those things that is so symbolic of the time, and it, it it's an image that really sticks in your head from from that era as well. And as you said, the, the length of time ago it was now is ridiculous. It's oh no. um, it feels it feels in some ways about like it's about five or six years ago, yeah. weirdly. And the, and the
1: turning of the back as well, uh, for anybody who's not aware, is because UEFA basically. Just stuck their heads in the sand, You've washed about the hands ahead. of it completely. Yeah, just another game goes ahead. If you if you don't play it, you forfeit. And there were there were really mixed feelings, weren't they, mm. in the camp? But the, the
3: overriding majority feeling was that game shouldn't have gone ahead. Mm. We spoke to Nigel yeah. Martin recently, and he he said that they, they shouldn't have played it, and he regrets playing it as well. And they should have, as a as a group, kind of taken a stand and just said, well, you know, whatever whatever punishments you are going to give us for this, whether it's kicking us out or you know awarding them a three nil or whatever, we should have they should have just not done it.
1: I think it it didn't look great on Saturday because Ebony Bridges who I've got no axe to grind with at all whatsoever you know good luck to her with the boxing and stuff but the story is that she picked leads through a Twitter poll a year or two back which is fine I'm glad we kind of adopted somebody as our own It's, I think it's a fun thing to do but to have the awareness that you want to put her on the pitch on the same weekend it, it just, it's like priorities it just didn't feel mm. like the, the priorities were quite right there
3: I, I feel like at a time as well when
1: and let's not by the way just acknowledge that Josh Warrington was on there as well but Josh you kind of get
3: more because he is a died in the wool Leeds fan yeah you know? he's he's, he's, a, he's proper Leeds isn't he yeah. <laughs> which is you know she is, she is new and I think that, I guess it's, it plays in as well to some of the fears people have about the club forgetting about the old stuff now we're in the Premier League it's like let's get something let's get something glamorous and glitzy going instead of you know actually paying tribute to the the stuff that matters, which, you know, they, I think they've they misjudged it slightly. Yeah, I mean,
1: us. in terms of the stuff that's embedded in our identity, that is is far, far higher and more important as a priority, isn't it, than than that? But they can both be a thing on the same day, mm. but to put that
2: on and then not that, just didn't, it didn't quite sit right with me. Part of me is almost glad it was left to the fans to leave it as an organic thing, because like you said, I think that was a really powerful moving moment like I, I didn't know it was going to happen and i think that's maybe where the problem is that i wasn't even aware it was like mm. the anniversary game until we got in there and saw the flag and i think the club could have done a much better job making people aware of that but i think the actual moment when the applause started and saw it first in the south stand with fans turning their backs on the pitch and you saw it organically spread across the stadium and yeah i, th- I think that was um you don't want to say it's a great moment because that's. Kind it of was powerful. A bit, I think, yeah, 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 powerful is the is the right word.
1: Absolutely, and as always, you know, this time of year, ultimately we, we have to send our love and and thoughts and best wishes to the two families and the friends as well. And there were lots of people who were there um, around that incident on the night as well. Uh, other football fans who, who experienced their mates dying in front of them, being killed in front of them, it, it's awful. So just best wishes to everybody, and hopefully, you know, next year we can collectively all get it right as well. Um, onto the football side of things, then, and yes, um, a point gained on most of the other relegation rivals. But did it feel like a a decent weekend's uh, output for you? Given that we're one game closer to the end, I mean, we're only what eight points off now. Game in hand for Watford, so it's sort of crucial we don't lose there, isn't it? I mean, Brentford winning at,
3: at Chelsea was a bit of a a bit of a sort of shock result, but they were always probably out of it anyway, weren't they?
2: It's the ones below us that we've that we're keeping a close eye on. It was quite weird at full-time when they put the the scores up on the big screen and there was a massive laugh and cheer and I thought, oh, that must be a really good result for us and then it was because Brentford had hammered Chelsea, which (laughs) is very funny, isn't it? But yeah, elsewhere, I mean,
3: we're not even worried about Norwich particularly, are we? I don't think... I I mean, the the results they would have to put together
1: now to catch us 12 points in front with only 24 left is just crazy, isn't it?
3: Yeah, so that we're not... And Brighton continuing their hilarious run of just not not ever winning another game this season. But yeah, the, the other's quite... Regulation two nil wins, and then Everton lose. I mean, I did actually watch the Everton game, and they probably did deserve something from that. Yeah, but they were, it's weird though because I've I've watched Everton a couple of times, and they have bits of quite nice play, but then they just do something stupid, and the the other team score. Yeah, it's just well, seems what to what happen over of, and over again. Said on
1: propaganda, didn't we? That second goal where Bowen scored the rebound—just madness. But that's you know, we were saying it in the context of Leeds being quite narrow and almost more defensive in our setup. They were wide open for that. It's no surprise they keep losing though.
2: And and look, they look like a team that aren't very good. And it's three consecutive games where they've had a man sent off which is getting like the end of Christensen when Leeds players just kept getting sent off. And their injury list is, is fairly massive as well isn't it? Lot, you, lots say of fault out. it
3: isn't the discipline. Mm. Definitely not Frank's fault. It's not is it?
1: I mean there is a, an argument to be said for because we're recording the day ahead of uh, Burnley versus Everton and isn't it funny that we're all probably going to be paying a lot more attention to that than the Champions League between Real Madrid and and Chelsea, I mean, bolster those Super League idiots. This is where it's at, isn't it? It's Turf Moor, um, a dreadful game of football. <laughs> there is a there is an argument to be had, though, that any result in this can be construed as a good result for us. In that Everton win pretty much keeps Burnley right off our tails, doesn't it? And opens up a gap then for the bottom three to be in, in a lot of trouble. A draw is almost the perfect result because they both drop points, and then a Burnley win drags Everton right into the shit. That's probably the least comfortable outcome isn't it? It's
2: probably the least comfortable but it is the one I want (laughs) because I really want Everton to go down. I think they're playing twice as well aren't they before we play on Saturday. So we'll have a much clearer picture by then. Is this Burnley playing twice? Everton are playing twice maybe Burnley as well. I don't know. Yeah (laughs)
3: it's it's one of those that logically speaking with Watford on the weekend we should just aim to beat Watford have Everton beat Burnley and it makes that bottom three look completely Mm -hmm. detached then which would be Comforting in a way, but it would be less funny mm. than to watch Lampard dragged through it for another week. Yeah, when Lampard first came in, my prediction for how he'd do would would he would keep them up on like thirty three points and expect everyone to say what a great job he'd done. And I think they probably will just about do it because they've not got a, they really haven't got a bad side.
2: I think they'll sort of stumble the way over the line and then a few months into next season all the players will remember what a colossal knob <laughs> they've got managing him well and, you
1: know, it's interesting isn't it have you seen the reports that uh, they've got a break clause this summer it's only it's a unilateral break clause as well so Everton can decide to get rid of him but he can't leave Everton and I would not be surprised that even if they did stay up if they got rid of him would not be surprised at all
3: well it's a bit like when Marsh came in and they were saying oh no he's here for next season regardless and you think yeah, it's kind of a hard sell though if you've mm. You know, if he's taken us down, and given the position Everton were in, and the squad they had, and, and everything when he's when he's arrived there, if he even if he squeaks his way out of promotion, out of relegation, sorry, it's kind of hard to argue that he's done a good job. And he's he came in and instantly added like half a million quid to the wage bill as well with a couple of midfielders who've
2: done nothing for him apart yeah. from against us, obviously. He'll find a way to argue it though, won't he? Oh, I'm, I'm sure he <laughs> He'll will have a few arguments up his sleeve. You imagine? Tell you interest um, interesting. Me just looking
1: at this. Brighton, who are... they fought their way into this relegation battle. They've done really, really well. I mean, we've been joking for a number of weeks now that Brighton are only ever allowed their regulation nine wins Mm. per season. Uh, They've never got past 42 points, I don't think. I think they're going to have it all on. No, they'll they'll be fine. No, they'll probably be fine. I think they're going to have it all on to pass their points total is what I was going to say. Their next three fixtures are Arsenal away, Spurs away and Man City away. Mm. So if we can beat Watford, that puts us in a really, really strong position just for them to, to beat us when we play
3: at the end of the season no 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 we'll be fine it's, it is weird though our seasons can turn how you know we we can be looking back a month of Brighton having a great season or having a terrible season and actually you know
2: we've both got seven wins yeah
3: there's, there's not a, there's not a huge amount between us anymore we've always said haven't we that nine wins will basically keep you up give or take
1: um, so you look at that for the benchmark and that's probably about right isn't it we might end up getting eight and some draws but should mm-hmm. be alright I mean those bottom teams are crap aren't they and I say that knowing full well we could still get dragged in but given the atmosphere at Elm Road at the weekend it doesn't don't feel like it. Not yet. No?
3: The problem is you don't necessarily... Is, this a fa- is it a false dawn, Michael? You... I don't know. The Norwich and Wolves games were insane so I don't I don't want to draw too much from them in a way. The Wolves game in particular was with mm-hmm. madness because they were truthfully well on top of us we had a good little spell at the start then they were absolutely battering us for quite a while Mm. although actually the Southampton game had a similar pattern in that we started well had a had a few chances but then they came into it for quite a long period they just didn't have a man sent off which which was a bit mean
1: Mm. it's interesting as looking at Newcastle like I said before I've got a Newcastle mate and they're they're still worried he's he's not enjoying this
2: at all even though they've had that real uptick in form since January it's three defeats on the bounce as well for them, which is nice. And they got stuffed at the weekend, didn't they? Yeah, 5-1 at Spurs. So it's nice. Even, even if they don't really get dragged into trouble, it's nice to sort of see their momentum stop and let them not be as smug anymore. <laughs> I mean, looking at the bottom four on the form
3: table we've got here, it's, it shows the last five games. From the bottom four teams to 20 games, there are two wins in it. Right. So if, that's a, if that is kind of how it continues the rest of the season, we're going to be fine because... Mm. No one is putting together any kind of a run down there, and at, they're running out of games moment. to do it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I, mean, I was saying earlier about just want to almost scrub off the weeks without them
2: getting any closer to us, and it becomes more and more difficult. I think that maybe contributed to kind of the meanness of Saturday because we'd mm. already seen Watford get beat, so you kind of thought, well, actually, a point, yeah, it's fine. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah the pressure goes on to us, doesn't it? If if we'd seen Watford mm. win or get a point there, you thinking, you know, oh well, maybe we do need to, we do need to win this one. But as it was.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, all eyes on Vicarage Road, and we'll get around to previewing that in uh, in the second part of, uh, of the show. First thing to address before we get to all that is fixture movements, Palace, Monday night. was three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Everyone had bought the tickets, train tickets, flights, and now the twats have moved it at just over three weeks' notice.
3: Better easy to get back from um, Palace on a Monday night, though, I imagine, direct train from uh, Croydon to Leeds, at yeah. that, uh, you know, midnight or whatever.
1: I mean, I'm not into the, the full sub- suburbs of South London intel, but I gather it's not even actually Croydon, is it? It's slightly sort of just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's
3: it's a shit thing to do. <laughs> it's a, it's, I will say on a personal level, quite good, because I was due to get back from holiday that day and come here and watch the game like straight from the flight. It's so quite nice on for me, but I have to accept for everyone else. Absolutely shit. I don't, I don't, they're not meant to do it this late either, are they? No, it's meant to be... I think they've missed every deadline. Yeah, they always do, and there's absolutely no punishment for it whatsoever.
1: I was just um, scanning down on Apple Maps on my computer here, and um, I ended up in France I went too far down so uh, do keep talking among yourselves because I'm going to find out exactly where Crystal Palace is
3: yeah and the other games that have moved as well uh, the Chelsea game that was obviously due to be over over Easter is now Wednesday the 11th of May which is which is on Sky um, and then Arsenal away has been moved to uh, that's now Sunday the 8th of May 2pm and Brighton the final home game of the season 2pm on Sunday Thornton Heath Thornton Heath
1: Thornton Heath well, uh, nearest train station is the Norwood Junction, I think. Uh oh, there's one at Thornton Heath. <laughs> I,
3: mean, I don't think anyone's using this podcast for travel news. This is this is your old um this is radio your, job. This is your radio job kicking in. You're gonna be <laughs> telling us about, you know, traffic on the gyro or and whatever just, it was. It
1: looks a long way away. That's all I'm saying. Mm, fair it enough. Looks a long way away. Yeah, and the the Brighton game's been moved, hasn't it? Yeah. So that's um all down to the silly Premier League regulations about not being able to play at the same time when the Sunday 4pm fixture's on but they've all been moved to Sunday because the cup final's on the Saturday isn't it and oh yeah mm. welcome to the Premier League everybody
3: same uh, stupid rules that meant we couldn't watch the under 23 mm. beat Palace mm. because it clashed with
2: Palace against Arsenal, Arsenal. Yeah. Was last
3: night wasn't it and obviously there's a huge there would be a huge crossover of neutrals watching are you telling Leeds. me
2: you didn't go to Ellen Road last night to watch the
3: 23s? No, I didn't, sadly. I've got, um, I'm out of the house doing football stuff enough as it is. We're into, we're into divorce territory if I start, if I start leaving on a Monday night. Hmm?
1: No, if you know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear me. Some casual sexism. Right, 4-0 uh, victory though, that was good. Somerville, great. Isn't it time you got some first team football? I'm sure he'd say so.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we'll get onto it a bit later, but I think that's why Marsh wants his extra subs, isn't it? To... Bring these children. I thought, we, although Angus Kinnear said we we're fast tracking these youngsters, weren't we? Yeah, we weren't before, were we? No. no bielsa had never used them. So Gail Hart got fast tracked against Norwich right after they equalised in injury time. <laughs> <And> <laughs> well, he won't be getting fast tracked anywhere soon because <laughs> he's injured again. What,
3: what is a dead leg? Like? <sighs> it can be a mixture, can't it? It can be a bit sore or it can be like Rafinha's last year when is he was out bit, for like six weeks. Is
1: it a bit sleepy or is it a full on hematoma
3: that keeps you out forever? Mm, I don't think it, I reckon it's probably a a level above the one that you'd get at school where someone had just like twat your leg in assembly or whatever yeah. it's probably worse than that uh, yeah I mean should Gellar have played in this I don't know he's, he's in an awkward spot though isn't he because he's not getting any first team football either mm. so got to play some games at some point oh, was he not slated to play
1: at Wolves for a start and then the back injury kept him out and then and some Covid yeah. positive
2: but then they thought
3: it was a false positive and all this sort of stuff what do you think
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Marsh keeps talking about Gellart in his press conferences press conferences, saying he needs to play more and he's going to have a bigger role and he seems desperate to play him in these 23 threes games as well. I think he wanted to play him in the Scum one uh, last month. But yeah, it's like everyone's broken, mate. Like, you <laughs> just calm down, maybe?
3: Some of those goals, though, the first one in particular is an Outstanding, incredible. Outstanding, isn't it? Isn't is that it? the way where
1: he cut in on the left and then onto his right foot?
3: Yeah, and the, the move out from the back as well is really nice that that leads up to it. And then, yeah, the finish. And then these... The second He's, one's very good as well. Yeah, where he cuts on to his left for the second goal. Two feet and he can use them both. Mm. Whatever next.
2: He can get right into the goalies. After the Wolves game, it looked like Marsh went over to Somerville as if to say, uh, sorry, he didn't get on, but that was because there was all these mental injuries. Mm. Um, there was a brilliant moment before the Southampton game at the weekend where the players were warming up and practicing their free kicks into like the temporary goals they put up mm. um, in front of the cop. And right at the end, they wanted to practice the free kicks and Somerville was waiting for ages and he sort of deferred responsibility to the players that were actually playing. So like Calvin had a go and Rafinha had a go. I think he let Sam Greenwood go in as well and Joe Gelhart and then they put the goals down and he looks really sad. I will I will say, by the way, just to pause for a second, is I watched
1: them with far too keen an interest to put those goals down. I thought, have yeah, fun. Because they've got, they've got <laughs> yeah. a special little trench, haven't they, behind yes. the uh, the goal yeah. now with... Flaps. I think that's the first time I've realised that's where they go. I was like, it's, oh, okay. like Tra- it's like Tracy Island, the Thunderbirds, isn't it? There's a special <laughs> flap. i not seeing off. these. Have you not seen them? I'm always I'm, in the I'm ground
3: right? light, aren't
1: I? of mags mm. and stuff. Yeah, so they've got like the temporary nets that go behind the goal. They're, they've got two posts that kind of go into the ground, and it just sort of the, the net goes floppy, and they just keep it all in that big trench behind the goal. But there's also mm. a special second trench just over at the end where they put the
2: collapsible second net in it. But it looks sort of they look great in your garden. But then again, like Somerville went to take, finally got his chance to take a free kick in the main nets. He got Clasen to come back and go in the nets. And I think again he let Greenwood and Gelart go first. And he finally stepped up, knuckle ball straight into the northeast corner, absolutely <laughs> ballooned it. Sorry, sorry everyone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would like to see some some of
1: him um, before the season is out. Hopefully, we're in a position where we can um, give a few of them a run out where we can rest some weary
2: legs. Yeah, oh, we're just safe and can.
3: Yeah, dick, a, dick about
2: for a few games. That's what I meant. <laughs> Marsh seems to prefer Sam Greenwood. He seems to have sort of jumped up the mm-hmm. pecking order a little bit. He came on against Wolves early on and he was going to come on at the weekend until they messed up the substitutions. But then um, he was chatting about Greenwood in his press conference saying, well, he can play as a number nine, he can play as a number 10, or he can play as a wide 10s, as they're now called, because we don't play with wingers, which probably doesn't help some of the either. Right. Well, wide
1: 10s. Uh, it's
2: all confusing, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, that I guess that feeds into the conversation about subs. We're having five subs from next season, which does seem to play into the hands of so-called bigger clubs with more resources. Jesse likes it. Uh, uh, it's, I do agree from the standpoint that it'll give us a chance to rest some legs because it was useful when we had more subs uh, available when we were like using Pablo uh, from the bench at half-time. Yeah. So it allows you to give people 45 minutes and still have enough subs to cover injuries. Yeah, I, I've, I've kind of...
3: I don't like it, generally speaking, I have to say. I think it, it definitely favours the team who can have a bench of nine internationals as opposed to mm-hmm. us who will have a yeah. bench of nine children. Yeah, Because it's it seems a bit unfair if you know Man City can bring on like £300 million worth of footballers all yeah. in one go and you're like, oh, that's ruined it.
1: Changing half your outfield
2: <laughs> team, yeah. Marsh's yeah. argument to that was, well, yeah, they have better squads, which means they also have better 11s, which mm, didn't... Yeah, it's true, but, isn't it, yeah. But I don't... I'm not a massive fan. I also think like fatigue is a good thing in sport. That's how... Mm. Excitement sometimes happens. Is that some players are knackered and it all goes a bit mad? Yeah, uh, fair. Argument. No subs. <laughs> yeah,
3: back to the old days when you used to have a have to have a goalkeeper on the left wing because he's got a, a broken collarbone or something. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, famously, Bert Troutman in the FA Cup final. Exactly. For Man City didn't do him any
3: harm, did He had, it? had a broken neck. I mean, he could have been paralysed, but he didn't do any didn't do him any harm long term, probably. And we know from
1: the statement that the uh, the Premier League put out on this, they are changing the COVID testing, which possibly explains why. Uh, why Joffe made it even though he got a positive test. They're only testing symptoms now, aren't they? But we've also found out about the transfer window. 10th of June it opens and it's closing on September the 1st in line with other European leagues. That was another point, actually, I was going to say. Did you see that... um, I can't remember when we were talking about uh, Italy, one of the other shows. It might have been in propaganda this week. And in Italy, they are stopping any interpretations within uh, within the Italian league for the use of VAR in the same way that the Premier League and the FA come up with bullshit ways to apply their own rules they say so we take that and then we'll we'll give that one a tweak and we'll choose the wording to be interpreted that way well they're falling into line with UEFA now or Italy and they're also in the process of training VAR only officials so you won't get the likes of Mike Dean going into Stockley Park it'll be specialist VAR teams who, who do VAR um, That does make a degree of sense because I think the, the head of the Italian FA I think it was that was quoted as saying if the ref is going in there with the same sort of mindset and attitude that he brings into a game mistakes will be made which i think is interesting no,
3: I th- my solution would be what's that get rid of it get rid of it <laughs> It'd be cheaper wouldn't it just get rid of it come on let's just get back to calling one person a wanker
2: let's <laughs> have it straightforward it was better because again it adds to that sense of villainy that you know who exactly. you can blame
3: yeah whereas now you've got to go oh they've, i suppose i've looked at it can we even call him a wanker because well, we'd have been we could have i mean we can and we do we could have had more confidence though in calling the ref a wanker over that Gellar penalty because we know it was looked at you kind of go oh well maybe it was right then mm. rubbish don't want <laughs> that sort of logic
1: <laughs> and uh, finally LUFC women they lost to those pensioners from the northeast Let's, we've got to flog this joke to death every time it's mentioned it's the Norton and Stockton ancients uh, which is just to the west of uh, Middlesbrough Norton slash Stockton which is again going back into my travel reports some good some good interchanges. Track on the uh, A nineteen, the A nineteen, A sixty six junction busy as always, but no problems that I can spot for now. Call me if you spot anything, etc. etc. Two 0 at home it was, so they journeyed down the A nineteen to uh, to Tadcaster. Yeah, lost plate cup trophy. nothing. no, they're not getting promoted either this time.
3: No, I think um, Durham, who were below them, lost as well, so they're still third. All right, but you're getting out for coming third in that league, <laughs> famously as Billy Bremner mm. did
1: say. Preview in Watford now. Then in part two, big game this weekend, isn't it? Yes, let's win it. Great, <laughs>
3: That's <laughs> end, the plan. End of program.
1: Uh, Watford are not very good, but suddenly people have built them up to be uh, this outstanding team in their mind. That's how, that's how the fear of a football fan always works, isn't it? Like, I saw them against X, and they were they'll cause us problems doing Y.
3: Yeah, I mean the Hodgson factor. It feels like he might be able to get him out of trouble just because he's done it. Mm-hmm. a lot of times before in a, in a way that you didn't necessarily feel earlier in the season they were, they were gonna I guess he maybe gives them a better chance but there's just no there's no consistency to their appointments other at Watford it's very much a scattergun of like well who's out there fine get him whereas like with Marsh at least there was a thought behind it and obviously we have been he'd been earmarked in advance and they thought the styles might mesh in some ways even though there's some distinct differences but the pressing and stuff getting Hodgson is very much just like ah
2: there's no long-term plan, there is there of. Let's get this seventy odd-year-old bloke yeah. to managers, and he really does look old. I saw him a match of the day on, yeah, God, on the yeah, weekend.
3: Yeah. It looks, he looks really, really old. Yeah,
1: because occasionally that happens, doesn't it? You'll see someone, you'll go, God, he's aged. <laughs> Even from last week, yeah, yeah, he does, he does, and you imagine there's not going to be too many jobs left in him after this one. He, he's not going to fancy it. I, mean, well, I
2: thought he'd retired already. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was the point of him leaving Palace to this big fanfare of, <laughs> oh, he's left his boyhood club
3: whatever. Yeah, like a heavyweight boxer, they just never retire. They just always come back for, for one more go. But, you know, I guess fair play to him. He, he obviously loves football, doesn't he? He just can't can't resist it.
1: So we do have um, some games in the lead-up to this that will, as you said in uh, in part one there, we'll have a much clearer idea of what's going on at the bottom. Burnley Everton is on Wednesday night. Uh, Newcastle Wolves is on Friday night then Everton face Man United on Saturday lunchtime which I'm sure they'll object to or Frank will anyway having been be forced to play on Wednesday as well it's not good enough is it? Not good enough then we play Watford obviously Norwich Burnley on Sunday at 2 o'clock so this weekend is probably going to be the defining weekend of the season I thought it you know? was last weekend Well, I think each one that, that comes along is, is very much the defining weekend but um, a win against Watford and we're nearly there yeah, it,
3: it's, it, it's the loss to Watford that causes problems. It'd probably put us out of Watford's reach. Would a win in this one, would it? Well, what are we, eight points in front of them <laughs> at the minute? Uh, yes, they've got... Um, no, no, nah, yeah, eight points in front, but they've got a game in hand on us as oh. well. But yeah, it, would, it would create a, a
1: lovely bit of distance. So that would then put us, what, 11 points? So you're talking about four wins from the remaining seven or eight games, which you just don't know. They're imagine. not going to win four games, are they? <laughs>
3: you wouldn't have thought so. I, f- I feel like they, they struggle to win four in a season, don't they, in their little... Premier League stints they tend to come up and go back down fairly not as quickly as Norwich admittedly but they don't always hang around for very long do they so
1: yeah we should win and again depending on what happens in the other games a draw's fine probably
3: yeah a a draw probably is fine actually just so they don't get any closer to us it'll be interesting to see how this one goes tactically because Watford are not a team that particularly like having the ball and Marsh has said that some of our best opportunities will come from them having the ball so whether or not we'll have to literally give give it to them keep pumping it upfield and then winning (laughs) it back yeah, I'm not. I'm interested to see how this one goes. I think it's, it'll be quite. I think it should be. It'll be quite different to the games we've had so far. How group. do they
1: tend to play? Is, is Hodgson's football Hodgson-y. is it all counter attacking? Is it, is it just defensive?
3: Well organized. Banks of four. Hard to break down. Score on the break and set pieces. I
2: mean, I am worried by who and their in their section on Watford's style of play. It says play with width. Which we don't, <laughs> but then on and then on their weaknesses. One of their weaknesses is defending against attacks down the wing, which we don't. We don't do. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Maybe we'll start doing it.
1: I, I don't think he's averse to using wide areas, is he, um, Marsh? But sees the uh, the route through us through the middle.
2: It's just interesting to see how we how we vary it up if we can't get through the middle. If it is too compact in there, mm. there was a moment against Southampton where all twenty two players on the pitch were stood within the width of a penalty area, and that was when Leeds were pressing for a goal, and you just thought. Just stand in the space. <laughs>
3: Go
1: for that, one know.
2: of you. There's loads of, of, of it. Hi. Do um, you play Calvin? Uh, probably, yeah.
3: I think this is the game we need to play him in. I think if he's... He came through unscathed the other day, didn't he? He looked
1: sharp enough, I thought. He's dead good. He is dead I good. I mean, he really is dead good. I mean, if, if only
2: through the, you know, the prism of that pass that he pinged out to the right mm-hmm. wing to Ailing, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean he did say I, I didn't really do anything but that pass, uh I mean it made it onto leaders' TikTok channel. I
1: but think, it's just so. it's little things like just being in the midfield and he's, he's a dominant physical presence as well. He was getting in there just I was w- say
3: competing and winning headers and you know, like just getting amongst it. Just for the, the muscle he brings in midfield, I think it makes a difference. And his range of passing as well. He's as as good as I think Forshaw and Click have been in there sometimes. They none of them can spray the balls that Calvin can. Who
1: do you play? Do you play click in midfield and push Rodrigo further forward, do you think?
3: I think he would be tempted to drop click. Mm-hmm. I think I think he'll go for sure Calvin if he plays and yeah. then with a, a more attacking option and, and click on the bench. Yeah. Keep it solid, I reckon in this one. And it would
2: be nice to have a central midfielder to bring off the bench that mm. isn't half it as well. Luxury. And click has click has been good recently, has, yeah. it's been nice. People have been nice about him again, apart from Bob. Apart from Bob. Um <laughs> And sure has been good as well, but yeah, to have actual options on the bench is a nice thing. I'd maybe like to see Cock start ahead of Lorente as well, who mm. has been a little bit mad for a while now. I mean, he's always mad, even when he plays well, he's mad.
1: But it's, it's a low key mad, isn't it? It's yeah. not always it's not always on the surface, but it's never too far away.
3: I
2: think him and Strike recently have been kind of terrible, so I won't yeah, mind seeing Kaffer and Cock. Mm.
3: I um, kind of fancy he won't, he will leave the defence as it is probably, but yeah. Which I'm also fine with. But yeah, I know what mm-hmm. you mean about Lorente. He's just, um, he's a bit of a worrying
2: character sometimes. Yeah, and that was the thing about slowing it down with Melier's distribution. He would slow it down and then give the ball to Lorente, who had 11 men yeah. running at him and he would just panic. So, <laughs> I win? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You need to calm it down. Give it to me. Do you think we'll, I'll show you what
3: panic looks do like. Do you
1: think we'll maybe exercise a, a little bit more caution in this game or will we just go out and
3: try and win it? I, I think we are cautious now. Under, are we? Under Marsh. We, it's just that that's, that's, is that our new style, isn't oh, it? Hundred to seventy. In that, yeah, exactly. I mean, look at the Norwich game when we we were playing the worst team in the league at home. A goal up, we bring on a defender. Mm. I think it's, um, I think
2: it's probably a given that we'll be fairly cautious. That's the other thing with Marsh wanting five subs to bring on attackers with energy, and then all his subs recently have kind of been bring centre backs on. Mm. I know at Wolves that was it's, no choice. Not, yeah, couldn't really help
1: that. How do you think it goes? <sighs> I always find it quite hard to call like this early in the week. You know, by the time we get around to the Phil Hay show on doing it on a Thursday afternoon, you're normally brimming with confidence. I've always got yeah, because I've I've properly processed the weekend, the previous weekend's game, and then I look at this one and think, yeah, yeah, we'll be all right, we'll be all right. But what do you
2: reckon?
3: Draw. You think draw? Just what? Well, just to drag the agony out. <laughs> just to drag it out. A one all.
2: We'll be in the lead. They'll equalise. Everyone will be sad about it. Mm. I feel like that's a good shout, not through any sense of logic, just for sort of dragging it out. I feel <laughs> like that's how this season is destined.
3: I, I, I mean, I guess the Wolves win was the one exception to it, wasn't it, this season, where, where you thought, actually, you know, we've put, we've put together two results in a row there. That's, uh, that's remarkable. I didn't know we were allowed to do that anymore. Which part of me,
1: in that weird way you try and make bargains with yourself, logical bargains, I thought, well, because we've drawn against Southampton, that kind of gets the slight dip out of the way. So now we can go back to winning again because there's no way we would have won four on the bounce because that suck sort of runs completely counter to the whole season. Do you know what I mean?
3: Is that way dips work. Yeah. Okay. I think so.
1: <laughs> I, but I was, I'm just trying to find a way to logically have it so that I think, yeah, yeah, I can go into this with confidence and think we're going to win because we dropped a point. We dropped points. I know you mean four, hand,
3: four so. wins in a row would have been preposterous, excessive. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew, that's excessive. Yeah. So was um, it Matthew? Yeah, it was Matthew. It was Matthew. Yeah. yes.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll always, you know, veer on the side of um, optimism and say I think we win this.
3: Yeah, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my one all. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take my one all and everyone else yeah, getting zero or one point down there. But, you, that's fine. You, but you think it's
1: going to be a, a slightly uncomfortable we go in front, optimism up, concede one.
3: Yeah, I think it's just the way we've, the way we seem to be going. We seem to get, because against Southampton we were the better team and then went ahead and shat ourselves. And against Norwich, even though they were Completely useless. We managed to let them score as well.
1: I think this is where we lay down the marsh marker, and it's it's a comfortable three 0 The marsh marker. Oh.
3: Sons of bitches all over that pitch.
1: <laughs> Something like that.
3: Yeah, it feel, I
1: don't know. It feels like we're overdue a comfortable win. I just and this is the game. I would quite happily take it. I don't know about what you. A
3: bit of three two at Wolves wasn't comfortable.
1: <laughs> but we dicked these a lot earlier on in the season. They were.
3: They are probably mm-hmm. the worst team we played this year. Them and Norwich, yeah. I guess. Which the league table is doing a good job, isn't it? It's reflecting well where the bad teams are.
2: I think it was um, Adam Farshall was in commentary for LUTV in the home game and he was just laughing at Watford for a lot of it for how <laughs> crap they were. So that won't come back <laughs> to bite oh, I,
3: I mean, that was that was two managers ago though, wasn't it, I think?
2: Is it? Is that right? It was Cisco, wasn't it? It was their manager because he got
3: sacked just after that. Yeah, and then and they had Renieri they're... for a bit and now they've got... But of course from... they
2: did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Renieri this season? That
3: was, the, that was this season, wasn't it? Was, it? I, it was. It, it always, was. Yeah, it, yeah, sure yeah, sure it was. I was...
2: Was he, was he at Fulham last season I can't remember now yeah that's they, insane isn't it
3: they do three managers a season they get promoted with like three managers a season to Watford yeah. they, they generally make it quite successful it's weird I'd completely forgot
1: Randy <laughs> yeah so so that's that blowing my mind <laughs> yeah oh wow okay let's see how it pans out then and uh, just get this godforsaken season over with it's all very tiring <laughs> isn't it all very tiring are you pleased to have Jesse around of course seems like a nice fella doesn't he I dare say across this week, he's had quite a lot of issues to sort out. For example, you know, getting into the country and stuff, it's not that easy. Is it? You've got to get a work permit. So if you needed somebody like who could deal with immigration issues. Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, employment issues.
1: Employment issues, yeah. Having to sort of draw up contracts and that kind of thing. All fine and good. Then he's going to need a house. Residential conveyancing. There's a lot of stuff. You mean, like what you might find you need is a, a solicitor who could do all that. It's mm. easiest to get it in one place. Absolutely. Um, you could like could call one number, go to one website. Can you see where this is leading?
3: I, I think I can. You
1: know, yeah.
3: <laughs> Is it <laughs> leading to uh, Levi? What they call Le, Levi's Listers?
1: Yes, it is. And do you know what's even better? What's the cherry on the icing on the cake here? Is it a discount of some sort? Yeah. I mean, know J- Jesse obviously is going to listen to this, and I hope he did before we're saying this, because then he could have got ten percent off his legal fees. Um, if he'd gone through.
3: Is that only ones. available to Jesse? Uh, it's available to everybody. So you be be more like Jesse might have been. Should have been. Yeah. Don't make the same mistake as Jesse probably
1: did. Yeah, don't don't pay all your legal fees. Just pay 90% of them. You can get 10% off at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. And it's not just immigration and residential conveyancing, employment issues, personal dispute resolution. And it's not just that. He might want to, while he's here, deal with some wills and probate.
3: You need to get them sorted at some point, don't
1: you? You do, absolutely do. levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. The week's heroes and villains now. Uh, The Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award, named in honour or shame of our former chairman who caused us lots of misery across the years that he
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: He was at Ellen Road. Candidates, please, then. And obviously, we've uh, we've got a load of nominations that have come in from our uh, our TSB Plus members who've suggested who they don't like.
3: James Ward Prowse winning the, on volume at this stage. Nothing really that he did wrong, just... Um, as Joe says we get it you're good at free kicks fuck off <laughs> which is fair
2: Gouldy as well Ward-Prowse the show-off
3: exactly um, so
1: Christine what? has picked up on me saying something in the match ball that was uh, Southampton need to stop either buying or breeding middle class players because they're Ward-Prowse and Walker-Peters too many double-barrelled surnames Christine says in fact their double-barrelled surnames probably stem from being born out of wedlock which makes them a couple of right bastards mm.
3: I did look this up and James Ward-Prowse is the son of a barrister yep so, I don't know anything about his mum, though. He may have found her on the docks. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But, um, yeah, I, I, it's fair to say his dad's probably fairly middle class if he's, a, if he's a barrister. Although his dad did also send him to train at Haventon Waterlooville. Again, another double barreled name. That's Is that double-barrelled or is that just two names? Close enough. You don't say James Ward and Prowse, do you? That would be, be, <laughs> <laughs> be confusing. Uh, yeah, Even though he was in the youth team at Southampton, his dad sent him there to get kicked in training because he was like, this little this will toughen you up. Okay. So maybe he's a bit old school too. Ah, I think there's a sitcom in it anyway. The um, the family life of James Ward Prowse,
1: uh, Mr. Un- Ward and Mrs. Prowse. <laughs> uh, yeah, he annoyed me by being good at his uh, his job, and we also sorry coming a mile off. Who else do we have? Fabrizio
2: Romano. I like that's a nice shout from a uh, Philip Fabrizio Clickbait Romano for this past week and every week to come in the transfer window. We know Rafa is going. Fab, settle down, wee lad. <laughs> Just yeah. what's funny about that, by the way? You know, I I got annoyed with him. Putting out all those stories about
1: Rafinha. So I tweeted him say, from our account saying, You shouldn't listen to Deco, and then put a clown emoji. Do you know what's happened now? Blocked you. No, he's followed us.
0: <laughs> uh, so he expects the
1: inside truck from us. Yeah, if we start getting DMs from him asking what's going
3: on, then uh, I might start feeding him a load of bullshit. Rodrigo to Paul again, is it? <laughs> yeah. I, I have heard that he charges people to go on podcasts. Yeah. Like, Quite a lot as well, like several hundred pounds. So if you want me to come on and talk about something, mm. kind of makes you realise it's like a is it a grift? It's a it's an industry, is what I'll say. it is. yeah, the transfer industry that you go, you know that if you get him on, cause he's got some Twitter followers, and you can get him on to talk about something. He'll he'll just about get you some more listeners and whatever.
1: That that the Rodrigo de Paul thing is an absolute perfect symbol of it. That it was total bollocks. I mean that mm. that went back to just the exchange of. Mental exchange of tweets with Rodrigo de Paul, but we've since found out that it's never
3: anything in it. No. Never even close. I think if some of the club had looked at, but yeah. they look at look at hundreds hundreds of yeah. players yeah. all the time. How much
1: is he? 35 million. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> got Adam,
3: Adam Farshaw's probably going to be fine. We don't need him. Thank you.
1: <laughs> uh, refs are picked out by Philip Salty. House of Stouts, uh, among others.
3: Is House of Stouts sneaking in a, an advert there? Is that, is that a website? I don't know. Feels, feels like you might be trying to uh, new, probably, new bar in Leeds, try, <laughs> trying to get some. Um, probably no one would have thought about it until you mentioned, but now you've, <laughs> you've fallen for the trap. I, I'm also googling House of Stouts. Let's see if this is if they've snuck an advert. And I'm going to I'm going to invoice you. <laughs> it's um, it is. It's a place for dark beer.
1: Okay, go
3: somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's, I'm sure if you like dark <laughs> beer, yeah. it's a perfect place to to get them from. Great. Anyway, um, back to refs. Bastards, aren't they? Yeah, just people pointing and say, just give the pen. Salty, salty or Sally, depending on how my eyes are working. Just give the pen.
1: Mike Dean's retiring as well. He's gonna to have to make it about him one more time before the end of the season,
3: isn't he? Well, he can go and make a, a spectacle of himself at Tranmere again, can't <laughs> he? Just as he as he does. But wait, there we've got more on Fabrizio Romano then. Well, he's in the same the same category bit of deco. Yeah, ah, yeah. Um, just a, the Canadian bony m saying he can fuck off and wait until summer. Mm-hmm. And it is true. Like if he's gonna go, fine. Just don't. He don't need this now. Let him concentrate on his job for a bit longer.
2: Just a few more weeks. He was talking about him back in October or whenever it was when Rafinha first played for Brazil. Deco was immediately talking him up for a move and he's like, just piss off, he can talk for himself. Mm. Yeah. And even if you're doing all this stuff in the background, shut up. <laughs> don't want to if
1: it's not happening, then I don't need to know about it. No,
3: exactly. He's not he's not going anywhere now, is he? Because no, he's, he's under transfer window and what have you. So Yeah, I mean he, he looks like his head is half
1: elsewhere, doesn't it? He? he doesn't quite look like his head's in the game at the minute.
3: I don't know. I thought he was all right on the weekend.
1: Mm. He's fine. It's not the same, he's, he's not playing with the same joy, I think. Is the, you know, the is
3: fun it, was it feeling. joy or was it anger? A bit of both.
2: Mm. He, he did do one of his, um, where he just waxed the ball across field to no one in particular. He did that for the first time I've seen him for weeks. The cross field full back ball. Yeah, and all the Leeds players look like, whoa, what are you doing? But I, I don't know if that's a sign of his confidence getting
1: back on. It. I think that's I think that's part of the tactics. I mentioned that, I think, on the match ball that Southampton did it on one or two occasions where mm. you kind of went, oof, that's, a, that's high risk. But they always rely on the fact that everyone's over there been smothered by the pressing net, and there'll be somebody over there probably to to go get it. Percentage football and all that. Right. Um, <laughs> Who've we got then? What else have we got?
3: Modern football gets a, a nomination from Norbo's kneecap. Um The modern football aspect that he's talking about is the the draft excluder behind the wall. Yeah. Saying there was no reason to lay Dan James down as a draft excluder for a wall press free kick. Don't think he's ever gone low. But modern football dictates that we make <laughs> a young Welsh scum bastard <laughs> lay on the floor for what? A nice view of the goal from below. <laughs> and yeah I guess it I guess it doesn't always work I, I did see some theories about if you've got someone as good as Ward Prowse you should you just put a man on the line instead so you go, then the goalkeeper can be more central and you've kind of got bits of the goal covered off but then you end up with the thing of everyone swamping the box don't you because obviously they are played on side So
2: I don't think Dan James would have been much use on the post either because he's not the tallest guy no. is he
3: well, I bet he can jump high he's very springy he's, <laughs> a, he's a springy little scumbastard <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's what you have to do against Ward Prass.
1: Man on each post, keeper in the middle. Everyone, wall, on the, everyone on the line. Wall, draft excluder. It would have worked, wouldn't it? It would have kept it out. I mean, he might have just passed it square for someone else to <laughs> yeah. score. That's ah, the yeah. problem. That's... If you start
3: using up all your players for ah, that. I
1: hadn't thought about that. I had a bloody yeah. hell. Uh, I also like um, Norbo's kneecap before picking out uh, Toshak. That's Cameron Toshak, is news on our coaching team. For still not having learnt who everybody is. This is like the new fella at work who calls you mate for two years because he never actually remembered your name. <laughs>
2: was was he at fault for the failed sub? It was really strange because obviously Greenwood was going to come on and then it was Strauss coming on. And then the, the board actually went up with the two for yeah, And they went, no, 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 that's not the change. And then a minute later, Jesse Marsh turned around and Luke Aylin stood next to him. So I don't really know what happened there. But yeah, I think Moscow said on the match ball that does worry him. And I kind of agree with
3: him, to be honest. <laughs> admin, sort out your admin. Uh, Calvin? Cal- not for anything he's done on the pitch. Oh. For his... Um...
1: Because he made a child happy. Do you see the video of him making a child happy on his birthday? That
3: was lovely. And, and, he, was nice. and he wasn't in fancy dress either, which is, he was dressed in normal... Young, but what, how, how can you tell the difference these days? Normal young man sportswear is what he was dressed in. We did collect. We did collectively look into
1: Calvin's Yorkshire Pudding Boots, didn't we? And they are from, uh, it's an Irish fashion designer who works for the House of Lowe, which is a leather-based fashion house in Spain. I had a look on their website for their, I mean, this, this stuff at the minute is not even out, it's fresh from the catwalk, so it's like it's probably been given to him to wear to be photographed because he's now that important is Calvin he's a, he's a trendsetter isn't he uh, but there other stuff like the shoes boots similar to that about five or six hundred quid for a pair of uh, pair of those I reckon maybe slightly more because they're the new collection hmm. how does that make you feel it's, it's not for me as, as a man probably. who who may buy or may or may not I might be being unfair here buy shoes from Aldi's Middle Isle <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, none of my current shoes are from Aldi's no. Middle Isle have you in the past sort of say. I think I did buy some boots from there once. I
1: did see some safety boots in there this uh, yeah, just think, this week. I it's think I went look, for
3: like a walking boot or something
1: from good, there once. Good value, mm. um, but your your uh, Yorkshire pudding shoe, no,
3: I, they don't they don't fulfil anything for me. They look like they'd be a hazard. I, I, you like you could trip on them, which I think is probably the last thing you want from mm. a pair of shoes because they've got they've got extra width to them. they're like. The, sort it, of the it's, size it's a, of like a comedy slipper well, it would a, be like a, a gorilla a, foot or something. It's a bag-shoe
1: hybrid. That's how it's listed online. Like People are saying it's a combination of like a handbag but in a shoe form. Well, I say handbag but bag.
2: <laughs> I mean, it it's... <laughs> Michael's just bewildered. I prefer it to him just wearing generic Balenciaga gear. I quite like that he's just gone out there. Mm. Yeah. I
1: like it. Yeah, and the I think the jacket as well was by the same designer in the same collection. So uh, there must be some sort of things going on there.
3: It's weird because obviously the, the kind of the standard bearer for this stuff now is Dominic Calvert-Lewin who does it in a very he's, he kind of takes himself quite seriously with it Calvin looked like he looked like a lad dicking around in it like, yeah, well, I,
2: I like how he's still Calvin getting all this sort of <laughs> yeah. thrust upon him and he he looks like he can't believe any of this is happening as well which is nice <laughs> I, mean, like, I, did, I did see Calvert-Lewin did an interview with GQ and like a fashion spread mm. which came out this weekend, I think, and the Everton fans didn't really take too kindly to that expense. We're in a
3: relegation battle. It's yeah. hard it's a hard sell when you well, when you're in the process of being relegated. I was isn't gonna it?
2: say it's
1: in the same way that but a different level that you know the Man United fans are turning on Rashford because he gives a shit about humanitarian mm. things. So the same concentrate on your football because you've been shit at that. And it's the same sort of thing but
3: lower down the league, isn't it? So. I, I think old Calvin Phillips, before everyone thought it was good. I'm sure he got criticized for
2: having had a haircut at one point. Yeah, it was um the end of the hecky Bottom season when he had a haircut and people went absolutely mental. How's him. he
3: got time for
1: that? Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> time to get a haircut. <laughs>
1: he only worked two hours a day, <laughs> training probably less. With Hockey, well, it fair. was worth adding. I think the photos of his Yorkshire pudding shoes were taken in Brickhouse, which is, feels like a brave move walking on Brickhouse, the, in, the fashion um,
3: capital of um, <laughs> of the world, arguably. What was he doing in Brickhouse?
1: I don't know. There's there's that Curry House there, isn't there? That um that's good. I think a number of the, the players have been
3: there before, so maybe they're going out for a. Cuddle, I imagine you, know. you get you get chicken tikka over those shoes were they suede or something it's never coming off well Jelly's described them as Cornish pasties
1: and steak bake slices uh, sliders sorry for the summer yeah not for me
3: not for me but you know what he's still Calvin doing it which is funny because like I'm sure if you asked him about it, if you asked Dominic Calvert-Lewin about it he'd give a long answer about you know how he's pushing boundaries and stuff Calvin had just got
2: Oh, I don't know. He's got his to <laughs> like, I thought they looked funny, like when he got asked at Tottenham why he's playing centre. half don't know.
1: <laughs> Martin's described them as uh, size ten crispy wontons, <laughs> and Rich Ad has suggested he's shown up looking like one of the seven dwarves. Uh, I need to look at the seven dwarves footwear now.
3: Yeah, they are. They do have a slightly homespun. Um, just wrap a bit of leather around your foot and tie it. Yeah, sort of vibe going on. Yeah, any other any other food stuffs we can liken them to? We've got they, oh, they do look a bit the wonton, like the, the pasty, do, if you a gyoza, bit of a gyoza. That's posh. Isn't it? Yeah, get, well, don't get those in Brighouse. Get them from Costco. Mm.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at yeah, the Seven Dwarves feet. The, yeah, I, I see it. Yeah, it's absolutely right. Good, good shout that one.
3: Anyway, Calvin's done it, and so it's fine. Yeah, of course it is. If Tyler Roberts had done it, poor, there'd be a backlash.
1: Uh, who's the happy
3: couple? Some people who got engaged. Was it not a renewing of vows or something? I don't know. I missed it entirely. Moscow told me
1: about it. All mm-hmm. oh, right, okay. They they um I think they were all the way from Norway, so their big day out. <laughs> it's been called out by this person. Morley Ryan's not happy.
3: Morley Ryan, who is recently divorced, I believe. And very <laughs> bitter about this. Yeah. Uh, I've no idea. Yeah. I mean, the reason I didn't know about it is because there was no chanting. Like they remember the, the classic occasion at Huddersfield where there were You don't know what you're doing. There was you don't know what you're doing. There was a woman. Like screaming at Huddersfield fans to fuck off, basically, while she was trying to read a poem and stuff. It was. Oh, the poem? Um, yes, the poem. It was, it was brilliantly anarchic. Love so, it. this was a bit too low key, I would say. Uh,
1: Southampton players were picked out. Rest, uh, West Stand Ralph, the time wasting. They weren't as bad as others, I don't think, but there were some very noticeable bits of time wasting. And you know, they always go down mm. um, between 60 and 70 minutes for their customary gel and drinks break. That happened. And it was 67 minutes. I think the keeper in the centre half went down.
3: Yeah. You've watched this back,
2: actually. Was there any contact? Because I didn't think there was at the time. Forster and was it Walker Peters? No, certainly not. Walker Peters went down holding his head, and he, it was nowhere near his head. Yeah, like they did sort of brush shoulders, but yeah. Because really... my instinct was that he'd faked that because yeah. I, I didn't think he'd got anywhere near his head, and that's that's definitely what he was. And it was annoying uh, that what he was holding. The rest of the Southampton players played on until Leeds got the ball, and then the ref went, "Oh no, we'll have to stop it now."
3: That was really annoying because that was mm-hmm. basically a free attack for them. Yeah, because the rule was basically as long as you've got it, we're going to play on. As soon as possession changes,
2: we're going to have to stop this, which I think. And is then they had to not fair. They had the cheek to dispute the drop ball as if they <laughs> should have had it.
1: Uh, if you caught propaganda, there was a fella on there called Sai who was not happy at Marsh's style of football. Sai has continued his. Are we going to call it a rant? This one is now directing his ire towards the board and all those that brought Marsh to the club. I don't blame him. He's just taking the opportunity, but for fuck's sake. After the beauty of Bielsa Ball, you expect us to watch this abysmal style of play, which apparently the Ellen Road fans need to learn when to cheer and when not to cheer to make it work and not to worry when the players stand around with the ball and go down to 70% effort. If I did that at work, I'd be sacked, and the drive-through queue would be all the way down the
3: M62 (laughs) to Bruff. I mean, it's an opinion, isn't it? It is. It is an opinion. It it remains to be seen. I'm not convinced by it as yet, but equally I'm... I'm sort of pleased to not see us being cut open every 10 minutes at the moment so I think like it needs to it needs to get a bit more easy to watch a bit more pleasing on the eye before I'm I'm going to be fully committed to it mm-hmm. but equally if we can win another two or three games this year doing it fine for now just get me out of this season <laughs> so yeah. I just want it to end I just want the summer
1: yeah I agree and and I think the acid test will be next season won't it seeing what the recruitment looks like and how it then beds in on the field anyway let's pick a uh, a villain of the week
3: Ken Bates Villain of the Week goes to I mean Ward Prowse on, just for doing that I suppose yeah, he's the direct predictable as well yeah. boring
2: mm. everyone we knew been, it we would have been a lot happier without him doing that as well wouldn't we
3: everyone knew he was going to put it there and he did mm. why not go why, why not go against expectations sometimes put Point it wide put it into the wall <laughs> kick it at Dan James as, he, as the wall jumps really punish the little scum bastard
1: <laughs> okay so yeah you can have that then. Uh, I, I think quite low on the villainy scale generally speaking he's not
3: like, yeah, he's just a man doing his job, isn't he? Doing yeah. it, and doing it well. But even still, he did cause us misery. So, exactly. f- fine. No one um, said it was fair.
1: The Gitano Baradi Hero of the Week Award, somebody who's brought a smile to our face uh, across the last seven days. A number of Leeds players nominated. Shall we go through? We've got Cooper, Calvin, Rodrigo, Stewie Dallas. Bielsa gets a. Another nomination, <laughs> but re- specifically by the Canadian Boney M, who says, "Be just so Moscow can talk about him some more." So Moscow's not here, so we can skip. Still past probably that. is
3: talking about him though to himself. <laughs> yeah, in um, the shower.
1: Clicky gets a mention as well by Fergus McLeeds, but it's the sole nomination. So uh, Cooper gets the most, I think.
3: Yeah, definitely, and and was brilliant. Like surprisingly so after after so long out to mm. come back and and play that well. And, and there's only
1: fifty percent of a Cooperism on the halfway line, says Jelly, because it was. It was kind of he got a little bit caught, but then he rescued it with his little. Duped header.
3: I'm still defending Cooper on that. I think he positions his body well. I think he realizes he's not as fast as Broger going through. He recognizes he's not as fast, so he gets his body in the way and does the floor header, which is absolutely textbook. Yeah. You see that <laughs> it was well executed, wasn't you, it? You see it every day. That sort of <laughs> that sort of thing. That's what well, Marsh has been teaching him. Yeah. <laughs> Did Brady wants to do a slide tackle with his head? But also, I imagine yeah. this. I'm sure there was once a time, a time in the box when he like lect- he was already on the ground. He threw his head at, at someone shooting about an inch away. He
2: sounds like the type of thing you do.
3: <laughs> anyway, more floor headers. Yes, um, concentrate on that. Yeah, there was the
1: Goldie, Scrooge, Ralph, Boney M, Katie, Jelly, Salty, among the others who uh, who nominated uh,
3: Cooper. But yeah, the organisation and leadership stuff, I think, is um, is probably something that we we overlook for Lim Cooper. I know Phil Hayes written a piece as well about saying how Bielsa was he was always the, the first centre back that he would choose as well. So it's it's interesting that another manager is coming in. And, and done exactly the same thing.
1: i guess say we'll, we should talk about that this week on the Phil Hay Show. Actually, get Phil's take on it. Calvin Phillips' dress sense—the back—the backlash against the backlash has started here. Um, Calvin Phillips' dress sense suggests Calvin Phillips is the hero of the week. Great to see him back on the pitch in appropriate footwear.
3: Yeah, it was it was good just to just to know he is he is still there and can hopefully get five or six full games in before the end of the season. And I to think see him
2: not limp off as well was nice. Mm.
3: I think it was seeing him and Cooper on the pitch. I guess probably because Bielsa never moaned about it. It means that it's probably not talked about quite enough just how completely shit this year has been with injuries and also possibly because Bielsa was <laughs> maybe the underlying cause of some of them the uh, with the, the workload and stuff. But he just never talked about it, did he? So as a result, we just kind of went, oh, well, we've just got to get on with this then. But seeing him back, you're like, oh, yeah. And and being able to have a central midfielder on the bench with some experience is... Wild, the, These it? feel like, they do feel like real extravagances yeah. in in this season, but yeah, just... Just to have options there is, is lovely.
1: Um, the other big nominee is Rodrigo who uh, is, he seems like a man reborn doesn't he at the minute? The young man. The young man <laughs> born. Uh, yeah loads of people. Dave, Martin, Joe, Kisnobo's kneecap back in the mentions again. Uh, everyone really really happy with him. And as I said on the match ball maybe
2: he just needed to not run around quite so much. He, his role isn't Am I being unfair thinking well why didn't you do this for the previous 18 months? Because he's he's been quite I've, when Bielsa was here, I was always trying to see the best in him, but he was pretty unconvincing, wasn't he? And maybe these, Marsh deserves credit for his man management for mm. putting an arm around the shoulder and bringing him into this leadership group and giving him more of a role. But I think he did have a really important role under Bielsa and he didn't do it very well. I think, mm. And I don't think his role yeah. has changed a great deal. You know, everyone was expecting him to play as a number nine. Now Marsh is back and he's not, is he? He's no,
1: but 10. I think all the stuff we were talking about, like the um, the narrowness of the the formation and everyone stood a lot closer together, maybe that just plays to his strengths in that he can do those little interchanges of passes a little bit easier when you're not having to ping your balls over 20 or 30, 40 yards, but actually someone's closer and you can just give go. And I think because technically he, he looks really good, what he was tending to do was getting caught in possession or being ponderous on the ball or maybe spraying a pass, an easy pass would go to a defender. But if everyone's closer together,
3: I think you have it, to kick it as far, do you? I think in his worst games as well, it was when you had maybe it felt like Click was left playing midfield by himself because mm. Rodrigo was, at least in theory, as a midfielder. And so you'd feel like he was just being walked past far too easily, whereas I guess in the new formation, he doesn't have to do as much. Well, I'm saying He's, if he doesn't, he's if not he, expected to do the same defensive work as he did before.
1: Exactly. If he tries to do a little give and go in front of Southampton's penalty area and it breaks down, you've got two midfielders stuck behind you mm. who can tidy up mm. the problem and you can, you can then fall back into the, the zonal shape and stuff. And maybe it is that more pragmatic, slightly more negative... Approach is um, is to his benefit. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean, after the Villa game, I, I didn't really care if we sold him no. there. And then I've got to be perfectly honest, but since then he has been he's been probably our best player across mm. the across the game since then. Mad old game, in it? So maybe he is actually really good. I mean, he was. There was talk of him and Rafinha being the two that were kind of the most sick of of all the Bielsa stuff as
2: well, of like the the workload and what have you. Mm. Which I think I'm just a bit bitter because at the end of Bielsa, it was. Dan James up front, Rodrigo is a number 10, cock in midfield. And <laughs> since then, Marsh has come in and gone, well, yeah, Robin Cock can play midfield, mm. Dan James can play up front. I and do, genu- I, I do uh, genuinely ten. think there is something in the, the fact that they're all a bit closer together, though, because it's harder to
1: give the ball away, isn't it, if your mates are still closer? I don't know. Yeah, I just, no, I, I like
2: that he's running around as well.
1: And I wish he'd have done that more to <laughs> be like mm. with a bit more intensity. Yeah, Rob Price gets a mention for, uh, for getting Calvin and Coop. Jesse's not calling him Coops. Mm. No. Coop. He
3: needs calling him. Is he still calling um, him Loriente?
2: I don't know. He's gone back <laughs> on the pitch though. That's why Rob Price is mentioned. I noticed he called Christopher Class and Christoph as well, which maybe uh, is a. Yeah,
3: I think someone. I think he's misunderstood. I think someone said that you pronounce Lorente, uh with a. It's like is is you so with the Spanish pronunciation. He's like it. He's need to insert like a, like a "yeah" in it, and he's yeah. going, "Oh, Loriente," and they've gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. That's that's near enough. Fine, you you go with that one.
1: Stuart Dallas, Michael Stuart Dallas, he uh, saved the game for us to some extent, didn't he? After Melier did that save, put his body on the line. I really, really liked what he did there. I thought it was an exceptional piece of defending to use his body as he did and to turn it out and direct the ball in the right way. Fair play to the man. I
2: love him. He gets one every week, does Dallas, I think. He's always good. He just always does the right thing. It seems, I love him. (laughs) I can't believe how much I've gone from being incredibly indifferent to Mm -hmm. him to just thinking he's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and just to return to the single solitary click
1: nomination fergus McLeeds, uh wants to nominate Matthias click for click That's all. just a one <laughs> just word a
3: name. just a name just a one word nomination and uh, i think that was pre fuck off bob as well was right. the um, was that nomination i think i think he was nominating him for playing well
1: and outside the parish um, Alex welby and frank lampard are given some nominations a collective uh, everton nomination i think just that mess up for their goal uh, for west ham's second goal
3: is yep. was appreciated from a leeds point of view I'm glad he won't be um, making mistakes as well because the game against us, he looked like one of the best players I've ever seen, which (laughs) I'm I'm aware is not consistent with his overall vibe because I think Everton fans are, generally speaking, fairly pissed off with him having paid like 35 million quid or something stupid for him. Mad world, isn't it? Where did they get him from? Arsenal. Arsenal fans couldn't believe they got that much money for him Where did Arsenal get him from? Arsenal. Yeah. (laughs) All right, (laughs) I mean, I could Google this and find out. I think he was in their youth team. Okay.
1: Well, that feels like a lot of money, doesn't it? Premier League's mental, isn't it?
3: But yeah, I think it was a bit of um it was a bit of a Jack Clark offer where you kind of get it and you go, Oh mm-hmm. Maybe we weren't looking to sell necessarily, but
2: <laughs> yeah, for that price. Yeah, came through the uh the youth ranks at Arsenal. I saw that Awbi was playing central midfield as well at the mm-hmm. weekend. Sadly. So those Van Der Beek and Deli Alley moves have gone brilliantly for them. Um mm-hmm. twenty eight million pound initial fee plus the rest.
3: Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? And Frank Lampard just for continuing to be a shite manager. More of the same please Frank. Yeah, keep it. I going. Know he does also. Matt does also say, obviously, don't actually give him this award. Yeah,
1: God, no, we would not validate him like that. Is is it Cooper then? Because he's the uh, the sort of leading candidate on this one, I think. Yeah, he doesn't. He probably doesn't get enough um, enough love and respect, does he, Cooper? Oh, we haven't mentioned the um, the work by Rafinha to keep that ball in. By the way, that needs a, a nod. No, nah, he's off. Fuck
3: him. <laughs> no, we, we need to. We, we need to doff the cap. If we have a cap, let's give a little. A Calvin, nod Calvin's at, probably got one. Now he's dressing <laughs> dressing half like a Victorian scroat with. Past defeat,
1: <laughs> right? Uh, I think that's it. Know, then, he, he, he did do well, did Rafinha. Yeah. <laughs> it was a
3: it was a, a messy run because he kind of bas- bastard it, bashed it <laughs> off the um, off the defender, and, uh, and a new a new word, and <laughs> wriggled his way through, didn't he? But yeah, good determination. Yeah, the fact that he got there.
1: Yeah, maybe he does care after all. Maybe he does care. But it's Cooper then. I mean, this one. Yeah, nice one. Right. Well, that wraps up the weekly show. Uh, we'll be back next week with um, reaction to Watford victory at Watford.
3: Mm. draw
1: draw at Watford (laughs) fine previewing the, the the distant game against Crystal Palace in Thornton Heath no less Thornton Heath thank you for watching and listening we'll speak to you in a bit bye bye
0: the Square Ball Podcast hey
2: it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince